0: Yes, I know I'm grateful for my mom. She was a wonderful mom to me and my sister. She made a point to bring us to church every Sunday to make sure that we knew the Lord and we knew how to love God and how to love our neighbor well. But I'm also aware that not everyone had a a great mom. Maybe you didn't have the best mom. Maybe somehow your mom did not meet your expectations. Perhaps your mom had her own struggles, which made it difficult for her to parent you at times. Maybe she struggled with an addiction to drug or alcohol or or prescription medicine. Maybe your mom was sometimes verbally abusive or even physically abusive. Maybe your mom was always correcting you and making you feel like you were never good enough. No matter what your mom was like, the fact is that we're all here because our moms made the choice to, to carry us to term. They carried us for nine months, and so we're all grateful for our moms. Amen? Yes, we have a very loving God who has given us the gift of mothers. Of course, the truth is there are no perfect moms. Even if you have a a good mom like mom, my, my mom, she wasn't perfect because we live in a fallen and broken world where the scriptures make it clear that we are all sinful. We all fall short of God's glory. I don't know if you saw this morning's paper, the Emerald Globe News, but in the opinion section, there was this little comic strip that had a picture of God, which of course is blasphemous because nobody knows what God looks like. But just for the sake of the humor, it it had a picture of God and he was reading the newspaper and on the cover of the newspaper that he was reading, it, it had the title violence, stabbings, murder, war. And God is thinking to himself saying, oh, why did I make humans? The fact is that we haven't always been kind to each other, have we? But the fact is that we have all fallen short of God's design for us. We are, were created in the image of God, but we don't always reflect God's image very well. In the New Testament, this, the Greek word for sin is armatea, <coughs> amartia. Amartia was an originally an archery term that meant to miss the mark. Every time we fail to do what God wants us to do, every time we we sin, whether it be through blatant disobedience or we simply fail to do what we ought to do, we we miss the mark. We sin. And as Presbyterians, we humbly recognize that we are born with a sinful nature, beginning with our first parents, their original sin of Adam and Eve. We know that when they sinned, all of of creation was corrupted. And so we've inherited this sinful nature that, fortunately, through the cross of Christ we know that our selfish sinfulness has been atoned for if we confess our sins to God we know that in Jesus Christ we are forgiven as those who have been forgiven we should always offer forgiveness to others as recipients of grace we should seek to extend grace to those who have hurt us if you didn't have the perfect mom if if maybe you have a conflicted relationship with your mother today or you don't have fond memories this would be a good time to pray for her And to forgive her for any ways that she may have wounded you. Because the truth is, there are no perfect moms. But in the Bible, we do find a beautiful description of a virtuous wife, a godly mom who cares for her children wonderfully. To see what the ideal mom looks like and how we might all learn from her virtuous ways, please turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 31, Proverbs chapter 31. It may be found on page 701 of your Red Pew Bible. Proverbs chapter 31, beginning with verse 10. But before I read God's word, let's call upon his spirit again to guide us in the reading and preaching of his holy word. Please join me as we pray. Oh God, you tell us that if we need wisdom, we should ask and not doubt that you will give us wisdom. So, Lord, this morning, as we turn to your wisdom literature, we pray for wisdom. We pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear, and a heart that would ultimately be opened and transformed at the reading and preaching of your holy word. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your holy sight. Through your Son's precious name, we pray, in all God's people said, Amen. Proverbs chapter 31, beginning with verse 10. Listen to the word of the Lord. An excellent wife, who can find? She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hands to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her, of her, for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known the gates when he sits among the elders of the land She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the times to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teachings of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the way of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpassed them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Here ends the reading of God's word. As the prophet Isaiah tells us, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord stands forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. On November 11th, 2000, I flew from Princeton, New Jersey to Dallas, Texas to ask my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, to marry me at a park right outside of Highland Park Presbyterian Church. That evening, I brought a flashlight and a Bible and I had the ring in my pocket. But before I gave her the ring, I opened it up to Proverbs 31 and read this beautiful poem to Sarah, to let her know all of the different ways that I see her already exhibiting the description of the virtuous woman, the virtuous wife, and why I was asking her to marry me that night. It was a wonderfully romantic moment, and the truth is that Proverbs 31 is an acrostic poem that Hebrew Jewish men would often recite to their wives on the eve before the Sabbath. Now today, I would probably more likely sing my girl to Sarah rather than read Proverbs 31. It's a little hard to uh, memorize Proverbs 31. It's a lot easier to sing my girls by the temptations if I want to be romantic. But back then, that's what they would do. And it's not very, uh, it doesn't really have a rhythm or rhyme for us today in the English, but in the original Hebrew, it is an acrostic poem where each verse begins with the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet. There are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. There are 22 verses in Proverbs Thirty-one. The first word in our opening verse of this text is Issa, the Hebrew word for woman or wife. It begins with Aleph, the first letter in the Hebrew alphabet. The first word in the next verse is Beta, and uh, which means to trust. Beta begins with the Hebrew letter Bet, the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Each letter begins with the next letter of the Hebrew. Each verse begins with the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet: Aleph, Bet, Gimel, dalit all the way to Tav, the final letter. In the Hebrew alphabet. In its original context, Proverbs 31 is a part of an oracle that King Lemuel, that, uh, that his mother has taught him. The mother has been teaching her son. And in Proverbs 31, his mother warns him, specifically Proverbs 31 verse 3, his mother warns him against uh, giving his strength to women who destroy kings. It's clear that spending your energy on many women is not a good idea but when you find the virtuous wife that we see described here, she is more precious than jewels. She does her husband good, not harm, all the days of her life. Now, I've been in the church long enough to know that oftentimes when Christian women read Proverbs 31, it can be depressing I mean, who can live up to these kind of standards? She sounds like a workaholic, if you ask me. I mean, she's working all the time, never resting, always putting others' needs before her own. I mean, she's wearing herself out, right? I mean, let's just look again closely at Proverbs 31, verses 15 to 18. We read, she rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. This woman is working all the time. She is a super mom. There's a picture of a super mom. Notice she's got 10 arms, right? ten arms to do ten things all in one she's multitasking all the time she's being the perfect wife the perfect mom and the perfect business woman it's a little overwhelming to read this and think that somehow we're supposed to live up to this Uh, read it again and, and see that she does all of this with with willing hands all of her work her sewing her cooking her planting her growing her feeding her selling her buying all of it with willing hands She plants a vineyard, right? Do you know how hard it is to plant a vineyard in the Middle East? That is very rocky soil. They didn't have like motorized tillers that you could use to turn over the soil. You might have used an ox and a plow, but most women couldn't manage that. And so they would have had to use a shovel to plant a vineyard. This woman was working all the time. It is exhausting to read about how hard she works. How is she able to do so much? Not only does she do things for her family, but she also gives to the poor quite generously. How is she able to reach out to the needy and take care of her own family all at the same time? How is she able to do so much? I believe the answer is found in verse 30 of our text. For in verse 30, Proverbs 31, verse 30, we read, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. In the very first chapter of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, we read this, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. To know God is to revere God, to recognize God's holiness and God's Power makes us ultimately humble. We have a reverential fear of God. This emphasis on the fear of the Lord as the beginning of wisdom is a regular refrain throughout the Proverbs. In Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, we read, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. As we grow in the knowledge of, of who God is, His mighty acts of power that we see revealed to us in creation. The wisdom of his words that we find in all of scripture. His mighty acts of love that we see at the cross of Christ. We begin to to humbly recognize who God is. And so we walk in humble reverence of God. Yes, wise people are humble because they know who God is and they understand that all that they are and all that we ultimately have is a gift from God. And wise people wise people work hard. They work hard in gratitude for all that God has done for them. They want to make the most of the time and the talents and the treasures that God has entrusted to him. It is her humble reverence of God that makes the woman of Proverbs 31 so wise. In fact, most scholars agree that Proverbs 31, woman, is not really a woman. It's really more of a, per, she really is, is that she is a person who personifies wisdom. She is wisdom in action. It's not like she, the Lemuel's mother is describing a particular woman she knows, but rather here is wisdom personified. Listen to how a wise person lives. For in humble reverence of God, a wise person is Diligent, wise people work smart and they work hard they plan ahead and avoid uh, extensive times of idleness the virtuous wife also personifies wisdom in her generosity to the poor for in proverbs 22 verse 9 we read whoever has a bountiful eye will be blessed for he shares his bread with the poor Proverbs makes it clear that God cares for the poor, and so should we. We serve a very generous God, and as Christians, we know better than anyone how generous our God is. For as John 3.16 reminds us, please say it with me, for God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave the greatest gift the world has ever known. Yes, it's true, we're sinners. But God loves us too much to abandon us in our sin. And so he gave us his son. His son, who was without sin, came to this earth and was born as a baby in a lowly manger. And then he grew up among us. And he began to teach us and heal us. And ultimately, he died for us as the perfect sacrifice for our sins. Jesus did for us what we could never do for ourselves. He lived in perfect obedience to our Heavenly Father, and then died as the perfect sacrifice. He was the most virtuous person who ever lived. And then on the third day, he rose again, conquering sin and death on our behalf so that we might have the gift of eternal life, the assurance of eternal life, if we simply believe in him. Have you made that commitment? Have you opened your heart to Jesus? On this Mother's Day, I'm reminded of my Mom's mom, I used to call her Mimi, my grandmother, was a very faithful Southern Baptist woman. One weekend, my sister and I were staying with her while my parents shopped in Dallas. We stayed in Kaufman, Texas at her house. And I noticed that one afternoon she was teaching my sister Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I was about six years old at the time. And I, I asked her, well, what are you doing? And she said, well, I want to make sure that your older sister, Laura, knows no matter where she is no matter what she goes through the lord is with her she he is her good shepherd and then she asked me do you know that the lord is always with you i said well i think so and she said well have you opened your heart to jesus well now i knew who jesus was i had been going to the first presbyterian church in midland almost every sunday i knew the stories of jesus i had a, a cognitive knowledge of jesus but i wasn't sure that i'd actually open my heart to jesus In Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. My grandmother was inviting me and encouraging me to open the door of my heart to Jesus. Something I hadn't actually done at that point. And so I quietly went aside to the room and she explained to me all that Jesus has done for me. She drew me that classic bridge illustration, you know, the sinfulness of man over here and the holiness of God over here. and There's this great chasm that separates us. And then God sent his son with the cross that built a bridge so that we might be in a relationship with God if we simply believe in him. I wandered off to a corner of my grandmother's house and quietly prayed and said, Lord Jesus, thank you for all that you've done for me. Please come into my heart so that I might follow you. Now, I wasn't struck by lightning or light like the Apostle Paul was. It wasn't a big dramatic moment, but I did sense God's peace that day. And I remember distinctly going back home a few days later. I was lying in my own bed in Midland, Texas, and I had a very vivid dream. And in my dream, there was an angel at the head of my bed with blonde hair, blue eyes, wonderful wings. They've always got blonde hair and blue eyes, you know, right? I'm a brunette, right? But angels are never, I don't they look more like Pam than they do me. So I saw this beautiful angel, and and she was smiling at me. And then at the foot of my bed in my dream was Satan, like a little boy would imagine him with the pitchfork and the red cape and the long nose and the pointy ears. And, And he was inviting me to come with him. But then the angel spoke up and said, he's with us now. You'll have to leave. And immediately he disappeared, and she smiled at me. On this Mother's Day, I know that some of you are guests with us today. I know you don't normally come to this church, but I want to make sure that you know the good news of the gospel, that Jesus has invited all of us to come to him, just to come as we are, to open the doors of our hearts so that we might be forever changed, so that we might have the assurance of eternal life, that when this life ends, we'll all be with him in paradise. Have you made that commitment? Have you opened your heart to Jesus? I'm so grateful for my Proverbs 31 grandmother who made sure that her grandson made that commitment. For when we open our hearts to Jesus and we put our trust in him, we are told in the epistle to the Romans, Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Furthermore, in the gospel of John, in John chapter 10, Jesus is talking and he tells everyone that he is the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. And then he says in John 10 verse 27, he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My brothers and sisters, the good news of the gospel is that even though there are times when we may stray, when we don't always do what God would want us to do, God never lets go of us. Jesus will never let go of us. He's the good shepherd who will leave the 99 to find the one who has strayed. Yes, our God is always with us, always comforting us. Jesus says that he will be with us to the very end of the age. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. In reverential gratitude for God's love, God's wisdom, and God's power, the virtuous wife in Proverbs 31, she works hard helping provide for her family, teaching other the truth of God's word, and giving to the poor. That's why she's more precious than jewels. This opening line of Proverbs 31, this poem, Proverbs 31, verse 10, that she is more precious than jewels echoes the words of Proverbs chapter 3, verses 13 to 15 where we read about wisdom, and how blessed is the one who finds wisdom. Wisdom in Hebrew is the feminine, it's a feminine noun. And the one who gets understanding, for the gain from her is better than gain from the silver, and her profit, wisdom's profit, better than gold. She, wisdom, is more precious than jewels. Does that not sound familiar? And nothing you desire can compare with her. Based on the words of Proverbs 3, we can see that Proverbs 31 woman is wisdom personified. After all, the Hebrew word for wisdom is a feminine word. The woman in Proverbs 31 is described as one who lives out the wisdoms, all the guidance of all of Proverbs. Proverbs 31 serves as an excellent example of what wisdom looks like when it is lived out. Wise people have a holy reverence of God And in the reverence of God, they they work diligently. They serve their households and they help the poor in gratitude for all that God has already done for them. They bring good, not harm, to those that they know. Is that true of all of us here today? In the fourth century, uh, church father St. Augustine of Hippo pointed out that because the church is the bride of Christ... Because the church is the bride of Christ, described as the bride of Christ in the New Testament, we should all seek to live like the Proverbs 31 woman, fearing the Lord, working diligently to help others, reaching out to the poor whenever possible. What would First Presbyterian Church of Amarillo look like if all of us, in holy reverence of God, sought to serve others like the Proverbs 31 woman does? I would imagine we would look a lot like the church in Philippi, that Gary just read about. If you read Philippians, Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, you see that that church supported him throughout his ministry. It was a very generous, loving church. Yes, did you notice that Paul in Acts 16 had a vision of a Macedonian man, but when he got to Philippi, a city in Macedonia, his first convert was a woman named Lydia. Lydia, like the Proverbs 31, was a successful businesswoman. She was a dealer in purple, and she was so diligent and successful that when she came to faith in Christ, she was able to host Paul and all of his companions in her home. Notice that it's called her household. There is no mention of a husband in Acts 16. Most scholars believe that's because Lydia was either a widow or she was divorced. She was an independent businesswoman who was trying to raise a family on her own. Yes, it's clear in the brokenness of experiencing the death of a spouse or perhaps the end of a marriage, Lydia had turned to the Lord for strength, and God had blessed her work and her hands and opened her heart to hear the good news of God's love that we find in Jesus Christ. As a new follower of Jesus, Lydia exercises her spiritual gift of hospitality to help start the church in Philippi, and if you read Paul's letter to the Philippians, you'll see that it was one of the most generous churches to him throughout his ministry. And one of the reasons we give 16% of our operating budget to local and global missions is because we want to be a generous church that points to the generous nature of our God. And if you look at the growing list of missionaries that we support in our great hall, there's a wonderful map of the world and listed are the missionaries we support, and it continues to grow. You'll see that many of the people, missionaries we support are both men and women. One of the core values of our denomination is egalitarian ministry. We believe in unleashing the ministry gifts of women, men, and every ethnic group. Normally, when the Apostle Paul would start a church, he would go to the synagogue of that city and meet with the Jewish men But in Philippi, he doesn't go to synagogue. Most scholars believe that's because there was no synagogue in Philippi. It was primarily a Gentile city. And you had to have at least 10 Jewish men to have a synagogue. And so he goes to a river where he believes there might be some people praying. And sure enough, there are some women praying. And even though God had given a vision of a Macedonian man, it's a woman's heart that he opens and helps start that church in Philippi with. And not just any woman, but she's a Gentile woman For she's described as a worshiper of God, which means she wasn't raised Jewish, but later in life became a follower of Yahweh, a follower of the Lord, the God of Israel. This highlights the fact that God wants to use everybody to help do the work of his kingdom. Men, women, people from every ethnic group. Earlier we read that literally God opened the heart of Lydia to hear the message of Paul and in response to God's grace, like the Proverbs 31 woman, Lydia wisely and reverently seeks to use her time, talents, and treasures to help start this church. As the bride of Christ, St. Augustine reminds us that we should all seek to live like the Proverbs 31 woman, wisely, making the most of the time that we have in reverential fear of God, in gratitude for God's love, may we all seek to use our time, talents, and treasures to help do the work of God's kingdom so that one day our Lord will look at us and say, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share the joy of your master's happiness. Please join me as you pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you that you're the God who is with us and for us in Jesus Christ. We thank you for the example we're given of wisdom personified in the Proverbs 31 woman. Oh God, we pray that by your spirit, we might reverentially walk in fear and humble reverence of you. and We might seek to do all that we can with the time, the talents, and the treasures that you've entrusted to us. That we might do everything we can, just as Lydia did, to help grow your kingdom. Oh God, guide us all as we seek to use our talents and treasures in time.